I said, well, like I said, packing darkies. Do you know what that means? No. It's like you're scared shitless. You're packing darkies. Oh, you should be. <laughs> I know. So at, at one point he you're... was packing darkies, mate. I'm just a shark, just trying to get through my day. Just like you, I have feelings. You little ripper. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Call me an ambo, mate. Jumping in that water, you're a stubby short of a six-pack, mate. Shark biscuits are kids at the beach. Shark biscuits. <laughs> There's a lot of shark biscuits out there, mate. Okay, let's, uh, so get a couple of these ready. Let me ask you this question. Uh-oh. You ever hear of a band? I need you to go back. Like back into band, the 60s, yeah. man. Called Great White? No, that's not 60s. You were born in what? 60? 1940? No, I was 65. I'm a 65 baby. Okay, I'm on so, the, so this band I'm was not really a baby boomer, technically. Early 60s, Australian rock and roll band, The Thunderbirds. Okay, now I remember one in the like 80s called not The Thunderbirds. The fabulous, fabulous not Thunderbirds. the Fabulous Thunderbirds. That's why they put Fabulous in there, yeah. Right. I used to like The Fabulous Thunderbirds. Just because they had the name Fabulous in it, the Thunderbirds. What did that? What was? Were they a one-hit wonder, or what was their um, claim to fame? Oh, they were. Uh, from my understanding, a no, they a no were, hit wonder. They were, they were a big band, and uh, they were like Australia's like first like rock band. So they would be like a good band in Livonia, Michigan. <laughs> no, you'll uh, you got to remember in the sixties. Where was what was Australia it was doing? Like, it was like now that guy looks of, familiar. It was a bit of like a surf rock. That guy looks familiar. Very you original know, at the time, I think. Yeah. No. They were well, was, uh, yeah, they but, but this was like... I'm just, the, I should be so critical of, the, of them. The sound of the 60s? <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be so critical of them. They, were, they looked like they were very good. How did you find this band, and and where are we going with this? I know you got something going. This guy on the sax right here? Yeah. He was killed. <laughs> he was a diver, commercial diver. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you find how did you find this out? You must really be digging deep. Did you find it by going through 60s surf rock in Australia or interesting band members that are that I, are, I looked are up divers. legless saxophone <laughs> players. So he's legless. He wasn't always legless. Well, he wasn't born that way. <laughs> Is he legless in this video? In that video, I believe so. Because okay. this was uh, this was them like years later playing okay. playing one of their '60s hits. Okay, Wild Weekend was the jam. Weekend was that jam. What should we call this one? This is uh, 
little tune. But they were a little bit like the Ventures. You remember the Ventures? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that was like, very Venture-like yeah, right yeah. there. I always liked That's the what I meant by it's an original sound. Well, the Ventures was out. Who else? Uh, Green Onion, is that right? Or is that a song? Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's very famous. Once it starts going, it's kind of surf rockish. But I think you, you hear it more. You know what I think made it famous was uh, American Graffiti, where they're doing the drag racing with the cars. This song is playing. You remember that movie? Gotcha. Yep. yep. There's a little nostalgia for that our, is, our uh, listeners. Yeah, pretty Ron nostalgic. Howard movie. The great Ron Howard. Oh, actually, I think it was uh, the- Lucas that did it. Star Wars Lucas. But Ron Howard was George in it. Lucas. George Lucas, yeah. I think it was a George Lucas movie. But Ron Howard was in it. Ron of Howard Happy was in Happy Days fans. Yes. There were a couple big uh, big hitters in there. Also, uh, Shirley was in it from Laverne, Laverne Shirley? Shirley. Yeah, if you remember that. Cindy Williams. I remember that show very well. I used yeah. to watch Wolfman that. Wolfman Jack was in it. Was he? Hey, kids. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Wolfman Jack? I remember Wolfman Jack. He was classic. I used they don't to have it. Wolfman Jack anymore. He was on the you radio, know. yeah. No, yeah. they don't have guys like that. Maybe you could be the new Wolfman Jack. I like Wolfman. Welcome to the Great Night Podcast, everybody. <laughs> you dog get the Jamesy Rando. <laughs> Wolfman <laughs> Jamesy. <laughs> I can't be a Wolfman, too. I mean, I look... Wolf- <laughs> one one time in my life, I could have been mistaken for a Wolfman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I the remember, bald-headed I remember, Wolfman. <laughs> I remember those days. But... Now you're like... The wolf eel. <laughs> the, I'm the old wolf man. <laughs> yes. They're, they're the ugliest fish in the ocean. Thank you. <laughs> wolf eel. Hey, you know you guys know my buddy old wolf eel Schwartz? Well, how would wolf eel sound? He'd be like, hey. Hey. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I was gonna say I couldn't come up with anything better. So, well, hey, guess what? Uh, guess what's starting tomorrow? Do you really want me to give you the answer? In case the people don't know, we should let them know. It's a this is a special time of year. It is. It is. You're right. It's it's well nowadays it's politically correct to be like all protecting these guys because you know they they perform a vital function and hopefully they're losing that reputation of being these just killers but we're going to show that the reputation wasn't like unearned to a certain degree right it's shark week baby <laughs> it's this da- dawning of shark week on the discovery channel so every every summer for right at hell, peak beach season they throw out <laughs> shark, shark week, week. Hey, well hey. you remember when it started it was a little bit more doomy gloomy yeah, you know, they they showed yeah. like all these like crazy shark stories. It was mostly one sided. It was the attacks and maybe a little bit about showing how they are the apex predator of the sea and you know don't touch these badasses. And and, and nowadays the um, the shark shows are a lot of times they're almost making them look like your friendly golden retriever. That you <laughs> <Yeah. can> just <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hi guys. Sharky? I'm you just a shark. You want to sharky? I'm just a shark. Just trying to get through my day. Just like you. I have feelings. I have a wife. Right. I have kids. Got, I I have hobbies. You know, you get the you know, people think of Read shark books. nowadays, they think of the baby shark song. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's one for you. 
I I wonder if you were a past victim of a shark attack or a family member was eaten by a shark. Uh, you mean bitten? Bit- <laughs> eaten. <laughs> no, he was eaten. Uh, I was waiting for that because right when I said when you were eaten by a shark, the whole scene went my mind. <laughs> but uh, if if when they had like songs like Baby Shark or they they trivialize and make the shark a cute little Rasta shark puppy ever, dog. Ever see, ever Rasta, Rasta shark, Rasta shark no, video? No, man, I oh, haven't. <laughs> it's Rasta shark, man. Hey, that, that's a good one. That does, it sounds funny. I just wonder if they're kind of a little bit incensed. Like, hey, sharks aren't all that nice. They ate my husband. Once upon a time in the ocean, man. <laughs> You think this, tri- this trivializes a shark attack victim? You think? That's uh, that's pretty cool. And there's a ton of people just free swimming nowadays with. Sharks, great, with great yeah. whites. Yeah. I mean, sharks in general. I mean, I, I, yeah. I've swam mm-hmm. with many sharks over the years. Many sharks. I remember, sw- you know, being in the water with great whites. But you're thinking to myself, I'm not getting out of this no cage. Way. <laughs> <laughs> out of this goddamn cage, you know, because when you're looking at this one, yeah. you know, 14 foot great white shark in front of you, yeah. over here, you're trying to take a picture of it. Out of your peripheral comes another 12, 14, yeah. 15 foot shark that you, you don't even see. Yeah. Are you watching them eat like the bait? They got like a big hunk of meat in the water trying to attract them. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're watching that too, though. And like you're going, that hunk of meat is as big as my torso. <laughs> right. That right. probably wouldn't be a good thing. I look pretty close to that hunk of meat. <laughs> and I realize a lot of the, the issues of shark attack are certainly mistaken identities. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah. Know, we know that to be the case. But... My point is, why put on the mistaken identity costume and go bob around the surface? And true, in, you, in you an got environment a good point. Yeah, where sharks are looking for food. True, I get you. I, I mean, the other side of that is everybody has the free will, freedom to cho- choose. Like, hey, I want to swim with the sharks. You know, there's risks involved, right? You're not yes. But you, I guess your defense in the when your wife is suing the dive company and took you out there, their their defense is we signed a waiver and whatnot, and then you're like, well, my husband signed that waiver after watching a baby shark song, <laughs> or you know, all these people petting sharks, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right. You know, they're like, you guys have made this seem like, well, you got to sign a, you know, because that's where waivers are these days, right? They're for everything. And most people signing them don't read them or anything. They just sign them. And you think, I have to sign this in order to do my th- whatever. You do, because it's kind of, and we're it's in a culture. not really that risky. Yeah, because you're in a culture you nowadays it. where yeah. nothing fun starts without a waiver. Well, yeah, it's, we're so litigious here. you know. And everybody says, oh, it's the United States. but you know, I think that's it's worldwide. A, it's worldwide. It's not every third. The third world countries, maybe not, because their idea of you know a law is a little different. Right, I, like, I, I get that, but, and um, you know, diving all over the world, one, it's rare to see sharks just on the dive. Yeah, in to most see, places, to see unless, yeah, you're unless you're in like a shark place. Exactly, I was going to say, unless you go to a shark 
attraction. Like, this is where the sharks hang out. Bahamas, you know. This is where the sharks hang out. You're going to go see sharks. And you're going to hang out with them. Yeah, yeah. And Typically, that's a reef sharks, you see. know. But when a reef shark swims by, I mean, it's like a spectacle. It is. And it's very short-lived most of the time. Right. And it's awesome to to yeah, encounter yeah. sharks in the water. I mean, the few times I've encountered them, I was always just amazed. Um, now, when you go to a fur seal breeding ground. They might, yeah. In... And you're wearing and, a black wetsuit. In turbid, low visibility water. Exactly. Right? And yeah. you're just uh, floating around on the surface. That's, you might. That's a, different, <laughs> that's a different type of just wanting to see a shark right. mentality. That's being an idiot mentality. I, you know, I think you can go down there and have a, a shark encounter where you don't, you know, impede the, you know, tread in on their space. But at the same time, you're not trying to be a hunk of food you're just trying to uh, basically see a shark in its environment doing its thing yeah so and that's where old henry bruce was he was trying to see henry bourse bourse b-o-u-r-c-e oh rhymes with source yeah he was 35 years old at the time prime he, prime shark age <laughs> eating age not too tender not too tough accomplished musician he was the saxophonist for that band the thunderbirds do you think he was also uh, a commercial diver cool do you think a shark like looks at like if you ate a kid it's like eating veal it's too it's young it's tender if you eat like somebody my age i'm a little tough you know maybe someone your age is just where he wants it 35 (laughs) to 45 that's just like this this meat is so it's not too tender. The, the, the funny part of your joke <laughs> is, is that I think so much of society tries to rationalize shark attacks and, and sharks as if they have a rational, conscious mind sometimes. Oh, like they're doing it to hurt somebody. Right. Yeah. No, it's business, it's just, baby. It's business. When it's time to eat. I have nothing against you. And you're laying on the plate. <laughs> I have to do it. Well, and that's the... They should be looking at it like that. I mean, do you, when you biting into that half pound cheeseburger, do you are you like I hate this fucking cow? I'm gonna I hate all cows. No, right. you're you're going this. Thank you for this cow because it's delicious. If anything, you should be paying some you know reverence to the maker of cows. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, it's business for a shark. I get it. But yeah, yeah, and, you're and, right. And sharks don't are are not. Killing for sport, like like man's killing them. Oh yeah, or killing for profit, like well, man's killing. Them, they, right? So it's, a, they, it's a, when they have a shark attack and they go, "Gotta get the shark!" and everybody goes out killing a bunch of sharks, and they make it. You know, these people are taking some. In my opinion, you know, when you see it, when people are like, "I got the shark," you know, and they're they're jumping for joy because they killed a shark or any of these, you know, like fishing for sport kind of thing, you know. And I'm I don't want to get on a rant here but it makes you go what the hell man the, you're out there just killing for your pure joy under the guise of i'm helping out the environment and people of the world you know it's like the lionfish thing we killed 300 of them today and they're all happy you just wanted to kill something <laughs> right this had nothing to do with like all oh, these rabid species are invading our waters it was like i want to kill something y'all there is a there is a definite part of that in in some people you know they they everyone use, they do it on, they, <laughs> they do it on the guise of they're yeah. eradicating this you yeah. know invasive species, but at the end of the There's, day they just want to go sh- shoot some shit. 
Right, they're satisfying a surge, like I have power over something. And then on the flip side of that, there are plenty of people that are out there, hey, I can I can get my dinner every day right out of the water. Right. You know, that, that, that live down in the Keys and, and live that lifestyle. Well, I think people that actually hunt for their food, again, they have a reverence, they, they are thankful for it, and they they have a respect for these these animals that, you know, to be a biological creature on this planet you have to consume other biological creatures you have to that's the way we are Correct. you don't eat rocks we yeah. got to eat plants and animals and they got to do that they have to do the same no, to whatever degree you know some are eating plankton which is still biological animal i mean right who's to say the plankton aren't like hey man i'm a nice Ouch! <laughs> if you watch spongebob <laughs> plankton you know he's he's got feelings too maybe maybe those little Always present sounds of the ocean. That those other plankton. Hear? That's the screams of dying <laughs> of being plankton being eaten. Could be. Well, so yeah, yeah, I can see both sides of of right. the shark story. The hey, protect them. They're very very important. The, hey, they're they're the apex predator on this planet, and they will eat your ass. There's both sides of it, right? Right, and you have to respect both of those if you want to have any sense of reality in this world yeah plus the numbers are skewed i mean and we... i know and i know shark week's coming up and they're gonna they're gonna although they're gonna have a balance anymore they're still gonna show that sharks can be sweet loving little well i best yeah. friends do you think i mean they're trying to do a week long and i think in a week you can present many angles to this story and trying to get the truth like hey just be aware of sharks and they perform a vital function in the ocean and keeping the, you know, the balance here. Uh, so don't don't hate them. And, but at the same time, you know, they're not cuddly teddy bears, <laughs> right? They're sharks. <laughs> That's why TGDP is releasing a new line of teddy sharks. It's <laughs> my teddy shark. For 20, it should be a Jamesy for three, shark <laughs> for three payments of twenty four ninety nine. You can this. get your very own. Stuffed. Oh, you can get your very own stuffed wolf eel Schwartz. Oh, a stuffed or, wolf eel. Now that might be pretty or, cool. Wolf or it, Teddy Shark. Teddy or, shark. or a Jamesy Shark. Or a I think it should shark. be a Jamesy Shark. So just for fun, we're going to look at a gruesome firsthand account of a shark bite. Is there any that are not like gruesome? I mean, is there a shark bite that's like, well, that wasn't so gruesome. That was kind of a cool shark bite. Well, there's a there's a they vary. I know. Like, some there's the like grab and then let the, go. There's the grab and let goes. There's the swallow you whole. <laughs> like just closed the mouth and just took the whole part of the body. There's the there's the bites that leave just wicked scarring. Right. You know. Uh, you know. I mean, some of those Your teeth are sharp and jagged. You know. They're right. not. Um, They're made for severing whatever right, goes meat. into it. Yes. You know. Taking hunks of meat out of animals, and then there's the taking the limb right off, which might be the most humane bite of and a when shark. You, when you look at this photo, oh, he captured it! <laughs> like, wait, do that again! <laughs> I didn't get you the first. And, time. and this is in the day of film. Yes, this is not a, right. a Photoshop. And, and this dude is in in the mouth of the shark. Right. 
I'm curious if that's a crop of a film because it's kind of blurry. The whole thing's kind of blurry, which usually something might be in focus. But but but, but later they've they've got him laying on the deck of the boat, he's missing and, his and leg, just a yeah. complete painting of the the boat deck in red, laying yeah. in a pool of blood. Graphic, gruesome, and uh, that was poor old uh, Henry, who was uh, commercial diving. Yeah, he's back in nice uh, back in the day, and he, he continued on working in, in the well, water and stuff, and became yeah. a, a underwater filmmaker and That's made gutsy. A, made a film called Savage Shadows. Made a where, film where he called, came back to this. I era. want my leg back. <laughs> <laughs> he went hunting for his his leg eater. Well, he wrote this uh, story called "A Shark Took My Leg." Creative title. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Would you have come up with something else? Maybe a one-legged man in a shark kicking contest is no <laughs> is not a joke. <laughs> no joke. So uh, November twenty sixth, nineteen sixty four, began as a pleasant sort of day. The kind old Henry Bourse looked forward to with forty other divers and friends from several clubs, including his own Victorian Aqualung Club. He was one of a party aboard the fishing boat. Rammer K. So this is down in uh, land down under there. Land down Australia. under. A lot of sharks down there. No, what no I one else. We have a lot of down there. We have a lot Fosters, of fosters, mate. We have a lot. Shrimps of, on oh. the barbie, mate. <laughs> we have lots of shrimps on the barbie down there, and we've got a lot lately of TGDP listeners in Australia lately. Crikey, mate! <laughs> it's the number two listening country in the world right now, Australia. Big shout out to everybody in Aussie land. With their knives, mate. Now that's a knife. No, how do you say it? Now that's that's a not knife. a knife. That's a knife. Yes, a lot of uh, people from um, Brisbane. Shout out to Brisbane. And Perth and Leichhardt, Prospect and Sydney. Can I shout out to my, my nephew and his lovely... Bulimba? His lovely girl, li- Ellen. Do they live in L- Bulimba? They live in... Uh, you know, he grew up here, but he his you, he met a girl in school who's an exchange student from Australia. and they Yeah, give him a shout-out. Touch. She came back here. They, they were together, and they live in Sydney, downtown Sydney, I think, right now. Great, great people. Shout-out. Big shout-out. Ellen and Kyle. And uh, we got we got Melbourne listeners and Seaforth Australia. Maybe it's Melbourne they live in. And Wagga Wagga, Australia. Wagga Wagga. See, that's why you you have to See, like we, Australia, mate. <laughs> I want to go to Wagga Wagga. Just Wagga to, Wagga. You know, when move I move to Wagga Wagga, just just because <laughs> the name sounds great. I used to have some Australians in that bar where I attended. Regulars. They were a lot of fun. I could imagine Scots. Got, well, you get the Scots, the Brits, and the Australians uh, yeah, all coming in there. Buddies. Yeah. Over the years, that are always a great time. Therefore, the whole country is probably full of great people. <laughs> no, they are. Well, the, love them. Most love of the, the Aussies I know are fellow rugby players, and well, there you go. It's hard to not have a good time with the somebody who's player? Australian or <laughs> plays rugby. You're probably gonna have a good time. Well, I think it's the the drinking part you guys enjoy. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor, nor deny these allegations. It was a scene typical of many weekends as they approached the island. People struggling into wetsuits, adjusting harnesses, fiddling with gauges and loading cameras. All the last minute things. Now Henry, who was meticulous, had his gear ready early. In fact, most of it had been ready for long before the trip. 
in the wheelhouse of the fishing boat, he listened to the skipper, Walter Kelly, talking about the island with its colony of seals. The conversation inevitably turned to sharks. I've seen some big ones out here from this boat, said Kelly, (laughs) telling them about some of his experiences. There's one in particular called Big Ben. He's been hanging around here for years. (laughs) What a magnificent film shot one of the giant creatures Kelly had spoken of would make. Oh, yeah. Old Henry was thinking, yeah. Well, I'm going to get me one of those. (laughs) <laughs> what's a what's a funny like australian side of word we can use for like a picture a pic- i was just trying to think yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful snappy click <laughs> what a great snappy I was click say a wall can- hanger or something like that that we would call so they reached the island about eight kilometers offshore and 22 kilometers or so from port ferry an hour and a half after leaving the wharf and dropped anchor in the bay in the lee of Lady Julia Percy. The island was rocky with spectacular cliffs, and there were at least a thousand seals on the lower slopes. The acrid smell of ammoniac seal droppings drifted offshore on the light breeze. You gotta be a stubby show of a six-pack, mate, to jump in there. <laughs> I gotta, that's kind of a British... Australian. Well, I, I got you. Well, he's a he's a expat moved. To, yeah, <laughs> moved to, just moved to Wagga Wagga. His his accents are like blending into one terrible accent. Yeah, so we've got um, we got the boat pulling up to this little little spot. Thousands of seals that they're going to jump in the water with. Now they mention he mentions that his girlfriend Jill was the club safety officer for the day. She had the job of checking divers on and off the boat as they went in and got back on to jump in the water and play around with those seals. Now, he got in the water at 12.45 in the afternoon, and they had a policy that if you were on scuba, you had to have a dive buddy. And he was afraid that if he had a buddy with him, he wasn't going to be able to get the shot that he wanted. Right. So he elected to go surface, no scuba, skin diving. So, yeah, he's just basically with a snorkel. Correct. Okay. That may have been his demise right there. All that floating around on the surface looking. So he says, I took a couple of quick breaths near the promising rock. I wanted the seals against the background and I dived. Visibility was disappointing and I figured I would have to silhouette the seals against the surface to get effective results. So as you're as a photographer, you know what he's saying there? Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. He's looking. If you're. If you're shooting down, it's difficult because everything's the same color. You have no yeah, like contrast. Okay, I got, yeah. That's why you know you want to shoot up, so you've got the light to contrast with the dark of your subject. So yeah. So I positioned myself near the submerged rock, about ten meters down. Long fingers of kelp reached up for the surface. The visibility was even worse than I had thought, but the seals were helpful. I kept diving to a small ledge just below the rock, and there I was able to film a number of sea cows as they darted and spiraled through the long strands of kelp. All too soon, I was out of film, so I swam back to the boat. So was he, uh, was he, I'm trying to picture the whole scene here. Was he wearing a a wetsuit, or was he in his budgie smugglers? (laughs) (laughs) He was in his... How was he, Mike? He was in his knickers, mate. (laughs) In his budgie smugglers. He was wearing Jilly's knickers. 
What's the, what the hell's a budgie smuggler? Just your swimsuit. Oh, I just, <laughs> nah, he wasn't in a budgie smuggler. It's too cold for a budgie smuggler, mate. I certainly hope he wasn't a bush pig, mate. <laughs> <laughs> a bush pig and a budgie smuggler. So, Nothing to laugh about. Crikey, mate. That's a sorry Sunday in <laughs> Perth. You got a budgie smuggler. <laughs> no. So he gets out of the water at 1.30, uh, des- decides to do some more free diving, uh, joins two other snorkel divers named Fred Arndt and Dittmar Krupa. Together, they found a large bull seal floating on the surface, lying on his back with a hind flipper sticking out of the water, soaking up some sun. He remembers this seal was at peace with the world. When we turned up, oh, when we turned up, he rolled a weary eye at the three of us, but was too lazy to move. Fred was the first to actually touch him. After a cautious 10 minutes, he accepted Dittmar and myself as well. It was one of those great and rare moments of communication with wild creatures. We thought it was pretty wonderful. Something to tell the others about when we got back. They began diving with him and scratching under his flippers. Suddenly, without warning, the bull and the nearby seals disappeared. Crikey, mate. <laughs> yeah, like how about that? Like you're in an area with all, all kinds of marine life and all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> like we're getting the fuck out. <laughs> well, I think that should, uh, you know, perk your ears up a little bit and go, what the hell's going on? It reminds me of a... Uh, <laughs> You don't want to chuck a wobbly, like, mate. He's, he's like, uh, uh, you know, if that happens, you should probably chuck a spewy, mate. <laughs> chuck a spewy. Get back to the boat, mate. Oi, we better piss off. Oi, we better piss off and go grab a couple stubbies. <laughs> Stubby. The water was quite empty. You know what finch pinchers are? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're like budgie smugglers. <laughs> oh, if you got a little willy? Only tighter. <laughs> it says, see budgie smug- smugglers, only tighter. Red finch pinches were very popular with some swimmers, mate. <laughs> the water was quite empty. I can remember it vividly, Henry says. There was a split second of eerie silence, and our instinct as divers warned us that something was wrong. They Flame in the hell, mate. Of course something's wrong. All the seals took off. <laughs> they dived down about 10 meters hugging the bottom, looking around, but they could locate no seals. The premonition of imminent trouble was still very strong, and as I came to the surface, I lifted my head out of the water, looking around to locate Fred and Dittmar. I was going to suggest that we'd better get back to the safety of the boat. Without any warning, something hit me with tremendous force. I threw my arm up in the diver's signal for help and screamed, Shock! Shock! <laughs> That's a pretty good impersonation. Then I was torn through the water with enormous power and dragged below. The force of the attack ripped off my mask and snorkel. I could only make out the blurred shape, a huge shadow, as the shark took me down to the bottom and I felt that it gripped me by the leg. Crikey. Oh, you remember that, that opening scene from Jaws, the, the girls out there uh, yeah. swimming? Mm-hmm. And, you know... Sometimes you watch that scene, and you're like, "That's that looks a little ridiculous." How much it's like throwing her around, but then oh, when, when you then when you yeah. hear Henry describe the scene, it's like, "No, I could imagine." Crikey, we've got crikey, crikey, mate. mate! How big is this? Uh, he ain't he isn't fitting into some budgie smugglers. This shark, <laughs> how big is it? I mean, how much do they weigh? Like fifteen hundred, twelve hundred. 
Oh, more than that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like a great one, white. Over, over a ton. Really? So you've got something. Some of them, some of them two tons. I just want you to some think about. Some of them about, like 14 to 20 feet, some of these. Yeah, how easily you could like pick up 30 pounds and chuck it around, right? Yeah. That's only, you know, six times. You're only six times that, that weight. Now I want you to think 10, 12, 14 times the way an animal that's just pure muscle too, just pure yeah, yeah. Good killing point. muscle. But just pick that, throw it around like a rag doll. You'd be nothing to that shark. Yeah, I don't. When you watch him, you know, a shark kill a baby seal or something, nothing to it. It's not. It, it throws it up in the air like fifteen feet. It's just like whacking a mozzie. <laughs> whacking a mozzie. Is that even legal? Every man and his dog is a whacked a mozzie. As it dived deep, the shark shook me. The way a dog would shake an old slipper. The pain was unbearable. I found myself reaching for the shark's eyes in a desperate attempt to escape. But I could barely reach my arm around his gigantic snout, and I just scrabbled helplessly across the monster's muzzle. There was another sensation in which the pain and fear were almost forgotten. I was drowning. I needed air, suffocating as I was tugged and rolled from side to side. Then it all stopped. The shaking and the turmoil ceased. There was a moment almost of peace. Then I realized as I groped for the surface that I had just gotten my leg bitten off. Yikes. I mean, crikey, mates. That would, uh, that would be, I don't know, even know, you know words to describe that. That's, I'm surprised he's not like in shock. Well, he is. Yeah. Otherwise, he would be in horrific pain. The only reason he's not in True. Like, horrific yeah. pain is the shock. Yeah. I think that helps out tremendously. Also, I mean, you... I've s- slammed my finger in a car door before. And I've broken my finger off in a rugby <laughs> match before. Off. I picked it up, mate, and a bit of the footy. <laughs> we, we taped, Give it, me my taped it back on. Right? That hurt less at the time than, a shark than, the, than the slamming it in the door. Yeah. Because I think it was, my brain was telling me, ignore the fact that your finger's not on your hand anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, versus, Could be, yeah. you know, yeah. so there, there's something to yeah. that. Yeah. Don't get me knickers in a bunch <laughs> is what I tell myself. <laughs> the air was a wonderful, or the air was wonderful as I grasped on the surface. Then I felt down to the remains of my left leg. I was quite calm, shocked perhaps, but I found it hard to focus clearly. There was a curious division in which my body tended towards natural animal panic, but my mind remained quite detached and calm. Hey, fellas. <laughs> hey, mates. Oi, mate. Blimey. <laughs> I think I lost my leg, mate. Wait, wait. <laughs> hey, anybody want to check I think it? my leg done pissed <laughs> off, mate. <laughs> Ditmar Krupa was the first to Henry's side. The injured diver clutched at his shoulder, trying to catch his breath again. He tried to speak, but no words came. The blood tasted sweet in his mouth as it clouded the water. Then he realized the shark would attack again, and afraid they would not be able to see it coming in the blood, he tried to push himself away from Ditmar so that he would not be hit too. The shark came back at least five times, but Fred Arndt and Ditmar, who showing tremendous courage, fought the monster off with their light metal hand spears, meant for little fish, not killer sharks, a ton in weight. They were bent and twisted out of shape afterwards, but despite their repeated jabs, the shark did not attack either Arndt or Krupa. 
As often happens in an attack, the shark kept trying to get to its original victim, held up, and now barely conscious between the other two divers. So after the, um, the screams for the shark were heard, the, the boat started heading over to him. Didn't even lift the anchor, just like, <laughs> drag an anchor to, to get over to him. Um, his, uh, his girl, Jill, grabbed the uh, safety line, jumped in, swam towards him, and uh, um, a bunch of others jumped alongside. Really, with no concern of their own safety, wow. just like we got to get him out of it's the impressive. water now. Yeah, very impressive. Do you think that would happen these days, <laughs> sir? <laughs> could you sign this addendum to your liability <laughs> waiver? Or hold on, I got to get a selfie with this guy in the back, right? Pointing. <laughs> the sight was almost too much for some of the others who were unaware that Henry Boers had lost his leg. It was hardly pleasant for those in the water. Apart from what must have been a ghastly sight. They realized that they were now left in the water in with a pool of blood <laughs> with a shark still around. You got to get him up on the boat. Meanwhile, the rest of us are hanging out in this blood chummed, yeah, like, human leg chummed water. Like bobbing for apples. They're just all just like floating, just waiting for the chum. Anyone else uh, a little nervous? <laughs> Colin Watson and others carried Henry to the middle of the deck and immediately began to apply a tourniquet and first aid. I remember only the dark shapes of wetsuits and the occasional face above me, registering horror. Not until the moment I had been taken on board did anyone realize the, the terrible extent of my injury. The shark had severed my leg at the knee. That's a bit of a stubby. So, no. uh, so they got, on, got him on the boat, immediately tourniqueted his mm -hmm. leg, which is good to help right. slow down that blood flow because he's losing blood bad. I mean, that picture, right, of just the... Yeah blood all over the deck i mean and that's a few minutes after the right. event this is swimming somebody coming in to save him the boat coming over and dragging him on on board right so he's lost a lot of blood thankfully it's below the knee the arteries are a little smaller in diameter you're losing a little bit less blood you know just think of your femoral getting in there it's a it's it's pretty good size artery you lose a lot of blood quickly you're but with traumatic amputations, your body has a, a way of shutting shutting those blood vessels to a certain extent. A lot of times you think, oh, it's gonna you're gonna bleed out, and you can, and, and oftentimes you do, kind of thing. But they also have stories where it does shut down a little bit. Plus, the cold water may have helped, you know, restrict yeah, yeah. the blood. And you think about, you know, just from the medical standpoint, do they carry O2 oxygen on board or anything like that? Boy, it's, and have it's O2 on board, right? It certainly goes to show, like, the extent of this dive club, right, back then. Oh, where yeah, everybody's yeah. doing well-trained, right? Um, actually having a safety officer on the boat ready to help. I mean, right. it, it sounds like the, the, the club that they were diving with in those days, everybody took their part in the club pretty seriously. And, I'm just and, and went and got the additional training more so than just my basic certifications. Well, I'm impressed by everybody jumping in the water to get him out. His his gal, the Australian mate. Right, yes, they, they, they are not afraid. They of that. don't give a piss. Faces closed in around me as I was laid full length on the timber decking. Frequent spasms of pain shot through my legs. Someone held my head for comfort as they found a pillow from somewhere. My most vivid recollections are now of the faces. They all looked at me with disbelief. Their shocked expressions seemed to say, this couldn't be happening. This is the sort of thing you only read about. See, here it'd be like, you done lost your leg. 
people be doing that or they wouldn't look at you? Did you, I can, I can recall being in different, different places where, you know, different in my time as firefighter and whatnot, the people won't look at the, uh, the injury or the, you know, you're the, the victim and you're looking out and all these people are like, Oh my God, you know, and you're going, what, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm mutilated. Uh, I look like, you know, ground, ground beef kind of thing. Ah, damn. <laughs> you hurt boy. God damn. Versus I think these people were, you know, trying this- to keep them cool and calm. Despite the horror of the situation, the helper's first aid was coolly and efficiently applied, and the swift placing of the tourniquet was to prove vital in the drama which followed. There was an agony of indecision while they decided whether to pick up the people still on the island or run for port. Then on the way back to Port Ferry, Walter Kelly dodged through reefs and lines of craypots on the shortest possible route home. As it turned out, every minute counted in what was literally a race for Henry Bourse's life. After the cruel, ill chance of the encounter with the shark, he had some lucky breaks. Oh, yeah. I would think every second would be counting when you're losing that amount of blood or you've lost that amount of blood. You need to get to, uh, like I say, you need some oxygen and you need to get your volume back up. Yeah. There uh, is so an you, hour and a half boat ride. Right. Out right to get to the spot. Remember. Crikey, mates. By the we time- have not <laughs> just enough time to throw some shrimps on the bottom. <laughs> By the time they got underway, the initial shock had diminished a little, and Henry Bors could distinguish voices. Somebody was on the radio calling for an ambulance and a doctor to be standing by at the Port Ferry landing. He heard them tell the shore-based operator that his blood group was unknown, and lifting his head a little, he managed to whisper the blood group to somebody above him, and a moment later heard it was radioed ashore. This was one of the things which made the hairline of a difference between life and death. Oh yeah, every little bit helps. Actually, my mind was not unclear, and I was conscious of the people standing around. But my vision was fading, and I could see the people only as vague shapes. Someone still had hold of me, keeping me as motionless as possible as the boat dipped and rolled in the choppy sea. And it came to me that even though I was safe on board, the trip back to Port Ferry would take about one and a half hours. A long time without medical aid. That was the last clear thought I had for some time. You reading this whole story with your Australian accent is putting me I'm, in in the scene. I'm on the boat. I'm right trying, now. man. I'm Mate. trying. This is for the people. I give you credit. It's for the people. It's for the people. Uh, I, I, sometimes I feel like my accent's going in and out of. <laughs> kind of is, but you're you're doing a. I think you're doing a. Uh, Bang up job night. The sick excitement of shock was ebbing away from the pit of his stomach. In its place, another feeling was developing. Peace. He recognized this for what it was. Was it peace or peas? He's hungry. Peace. Peas. Give peas a chance. Well, I can imagine. Well, I think that's the stages you go through in in an injury, a fatal injury like that. Tremendously traumatic when you've lost all that blood you're going into the different stages of shock and then you know you're like well i'm i'm a goner mate right uh it's been a good one it's been a good trip except for this last hour <laughs> except for <laughs> except for this the biting my leg off part it was pretty cool up to, up to here it was, it was last night <laughs> with the fosters and the sheilas <laughs> up to then it was really good this morning with the the shock, the not shock and biting not, me leg off. Not so much. Not so much, mate. Oh, it was kind of a wanker for biting me leg off. Is that that's too British? Yeah, that's, that's too British. British. By this time, we had reached the halfway mark, 
I knew I was dying. Shit. Boy, this time, <laughs> you forgot. we had reached the halfway mark. I knew I was dying. I felt a great temptation to relax, to meet the calmness that was creeping over me. At first, it was pleasant. Then instinct told me that it was approaching death, and I began to fight. I heard whispers around me and asked how much long it would take to reach shore. At first, the words choked in my throat, and someone lowered their face to me. After several attempts, I managed the question. The face replied, Five minutes. Not long now. Are you'll we be there all, yet? You'll be all right. <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> Almost there, Henry. Almost there, Henry. Five uh, more minutes, mate. <laughs> Crikey, how long is this boat ride going to take? You've been saying five minutes for the past hour. <laughs> not long now, Henry. You'll be all right. Or not long now. <laughs> it's a little Irish right. there, <laughs> me lad. <laughs> not long now. You'll be all right, Henry. I don't, I don't think whoever said that really believed it, he says. The remainder of the journey was a continual struggle to fight the haze closing in on me. I managed to keep semi-conscious throughout the rest of the trip. I remember a voice in the unreality surrounding me commenting, Isn't it incredible? He's still conscious. I, I remember a voice saying, Come to the I, light. I get his regulators. <laughs> Another one saying, I get his fins. That death gauge looks mighty fine. The next sensation was of a light thud. Then the rubber suit was being torn from my arm and someone was applying a blood pressure apparatus. I felt a needle plunge into my flesh and looked up to see a man's worried face. Then another injection was given to him and he was ready to receive the transfusion. The life-giving blood. Word. That uh, he called in mm-hmm. of the appropriate blood type again like i say if you had uh, in real life oxygen would really help a bunch but uh in an iv and blood of course and a trauma room a trauma room would be <laughs> a couple of nurses some sutures an <laughs> 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 x-ray machine <laughs> henry did not know that at this stage he had lost three and a half liters of blood Yikes. Taken from the normal four and a half liters held in the human system. It didn't leave much to go on. No, he's like running on fumes, baby. Yeah, yeah. Doctors said later that if the journey had taken only a little longer or he had lost a fraction more blood, he would have passed the point of no return. I remember the long passage, the hum of the elevator, the nurses and the rubber suit being cut from me. That hurt a bit, for it had cost hard-earned savings. I was going (laughs) to say... (laughs) <laughs> Save me suit, mate. And they were like, well, it's missing a leg. <laughs> I don't need that leg anymore anyway. I awoke with my mind still foggy from the anesthetic. Only 19 hours had elapsed since the four-meter white shark had torn my leg from my body and my eyes focused slowly on the cage holding the bed claws away from my legs. Then I looked at the space where only yesterday my leg had been. My leg had gone, and there wasn't a damned thing I could do about it. In the ten years since, he has had plenty of time to think about it all. There are no vain regrets, Henry says. I don't believe in wasting time on worrying over things which can't be changed, and I have adapted myself well enough. I don't think I have got any hang-ups. I still dive, of course. In fact, I was diving again three weeks later. If you can believe it, they got me out on a series of publicity stunts to try to catch the shark. 
Three weeks later. Three weeks later, he's back in the water, back at the same spot looking for the goddamn shark. Who's they? His, his club? His sponsors. Now he's got it. <laughs> like, hey. They took big lines and gallons of bollocks blood, but the whole thing soured me off badly because fishermen shot some of the seals trying to bring the shark around. They didn't get the shark, and it was sad about the seals. So well, good so, on him. Yeah, yeah, good on him. Yeah, so he's coming around seeing that, hey, I was in the, I was in the shark's place. It ain't the shark's fault. Yeah, well, you know, well, we can't get pissed off at the shark. And now we're going to go back looking for him, and we're going to just kill everything. Shoot and, a bunch of way. seals. Yeah. So they, they got bloody seals laying around to bring the sharks in. So I guess that, my question. That that's not good for humanity overall. Oh, it's not good for anybody. My question is, so is the idea behind hunting the shark like, oh, this is a man eater, so we have to go kill it? Well, you know it was back in the day. Like somebody, well, somebody got bit no, by a this shark. particular it, 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 one was still a man. nowadays. Yeah. Like, yeah, like some kid gets uh, so they whacked go, by a shark. They have like, to find oh, this shark and kill it. You know, like right out of the right out of the movie. Well, the, in the, yeah, we could get into a deep debate. Yeah, <laughs> Robert Shaw drags his nails across the chalkboard, rubbing jaws. <laughs> I'll get you, shark. I'll get you, shark. Got Dal's eyes. You ever seen a shark's eyes, Chiefy? Um, but I guess my question is: Does it really need to be killed? I mean, is it like now? It's I've got the taste for humans. I'm going to go kill all these humans. Is that what they're thinking? Is that they're thinking? No, I I think it's just uh, that's your idea of ju- justice. It's men humanizing the situation that that isn't a place for rational do you humanize human thought. it like that? Do you no, humanize I, things? No, like of that? course not. I would say. So who's doing? What kind of men are doing this? Well, men in the '60s that. I think men today still do this. I don't I, think, I think it was the time. Well, I think you're correct. Yeah. I think they still do. You know, no, it's like it's, um, it's like they're you know somebody's out in the woods and uh, they you know come across a grizzly bear <laughs> eating with trying to feed her babies, and then uh, the guy gets mauled by the grizzly bear. Right. So then they go like, kill. Oh, the we better go kill the grizzly bear now. Well, they're they're what the hell? Well, even in a zoo, when it gets a human, they but they justify it. Their excuses now it has the taste for human blood and we can't have that. That's Maybe you know even when they killed that gorilla, you remember cage. they killed yeah, that gorilla yeah, and yeah. Uh, he just they just had the anniversary yeah. of that. Harambe, Harambe, very good. Yeah. Uh, and I kept going, what? Why are you killing this gorilla for being a gorilla? Yeah, you know it's like anyway. I'm just curious about that. Or is the motivation more of their idea of justice is really revenge? I think that's twofold. Sure. Which is ridiculous, you know. Totally to me, ridiculous. I, I, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, not to get you into know, too big of a deep philosophical It's like discussion. If, if somebody's um, rock climbing and they, 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 they fall off and, and They must and blow die. up this yeah, cliff now. I better get rid of the mountain. <laughs> it killed the person. Personally, I have nothing against that shark or any shark in general. They do what nature intended them to do, and they don't kill us as indiscriminately as man or for the sheer pleasure of it. I've seen quite a few white sharks since that day, making films, and far from being a marine whore, they are really very beautiful. I admire them. Are the sharks making films, or he was making films? He was making films <laughs> of the sharks. I get it. I've seen few sharks making films. <laughs> the attack changed my life, of course. There's no getting away from it. But in some ways, it was for the better. Before, I was a bit irresponsible. I liked the good life. Wine. Girls. Didn't even think too hard about tomorrow. It brought the realities home to me sharply. Well, I think a traumatic, anything tra- great great trauma does, it snaps you into what's this whole thing all about. It's definitely, you know, it's not all about the wine, women, and song. You have deeper things. 
Sure, yeah. So we, there we, are pro. I mean, there are good things to come out of it. I think I made a film about the incident called Savage Shadows. It wasn't too painful to make because I was immersed in the technical camera side, and it actually worried some of the other divers far more in the reenactment scenes, especially getting back in the water at that place. It would be pretty tough. Got to give him credit. Yeah, because you'd definitely be standing at the back of the boat thinking, Oi, rack off, matey. Oh, I'd be sure packing dockies that day, mate. (laughs) Yeah, you would. (laughs) Oh, man. So he says in the end, I've made other films since... And things have all gone well. I don't suppose I'll ever forget November 26, 1964, as long as I live. But, well, that's life, I guess. And if there's one thing I learned out of it all, it's that it's great to be alive. I'm curious, is he still alive? Do you know? Died in uh, 1988. Wow, that's a bummer. Dutch-born Australian scuba diver, underwater filmmaker, musician, and shark attack survivor. He is best known for his film Savage Shadows. Oh, he was a saxophonist and band leader of the Henry Boris All-Stars. He also played with the Thunderbirds and the Planets and the Johnny Donahue Quartet. This guy uh, had a pretty fascinating life. I wonder if the song was about that dive trip. That was a wild weekend, man. <laughs> that was a, oh, that was a wild weekend. You Amy Mates had a wild weekend. Well, now we got the name for the title of this episode. <laughs> Wild, Wild Weekend. weekend. <laughs> yeah, old, old Henry from the Thunderbirds, uh, commercial diver. Filmmaker. Filmmaker. Diver. Diver well, we in said, general. Yeah, yeah. Diver, diver. Shark attack survivor. And uh, a pro shark, shark enthusiast. Now, that's a life well lived. Good choice of stories there, Jamesy. For especially pertinent for Shark Week. Yeah, so uh, welcome Shark Week. Hope you guys enjoy Shark Week this coming up week. And we'll be back at you guys next week for some more Shark Tales, maybe. We'll see how everybody likes Shark Week, and we'll see where it goes. I think they're going to dig this one, because this is... uh... By the way, um, thank you to everybody who did get out there and give us some uh, ratings and reviews like we asked you last week. Very thankful for that. We got a bunch of really uh, really awesome ones. Super. Um a big shout out to KH02335 whoever you are gave us five stars and said listening to this podcast has greatly broadened my understanding of real safe diving. It has completely changed my attitude towards it. Love their humor as well. Can't wait to keep listening. Nice. Okay. We got a we got an awesome one from Heidi the Swede. Heidi the Swede. Heidi the Swede. Is it sweet or suede? <laughs> Swede. Is it S W? S W E D E. Heidi she the says, Swede. Five stars, entertaining and educational. She says, "Thanks, James and Brando, for a wonderfully entertaining podcast. We learn something every time we listen. Can't wait for the next episode." Nice. Another nice one. Do we have any bad ones? We got one from J-L-R-O-Y, J-L-R-O-Y, Jill Roy, maybe, I don't know. It says, great show. Five stars is, was the rating we got, but the review says, this is really a three-star review, but I just like this <laughs> podcast too much. <laughs> well Classic. played, well played. Very good, very good. That's how you know they actually listen. I love it. So yeah, a couple uh, a couple of good ones. So uh, keep those rolling in. Uh, really make our day when we uh, get to see those and read those. 
and maybe one day we'll just have to read all of them because uh, I really would like to personally go out there and thank every one of you for those reviews. On that note, <laughs> that's gonna, you're going to do a lot of traveling. On that note, rack off, you mongrels. <laughs> <laughs> it was good talking with you, Crikey. Don't forget to pack your darkies. If you're going to be swimming with the sharks, you better pack your darkies. You better pack your darkies if you're going to swim with the sharkies. (laughs) (laughs) Pack your darkies if you're swimming with the sharkies. No luck is, ladies. Cheers. Safe diving. me dead <laughs> fuck me dead mate <laughs> <laughs> that means that that's unfortunate that surprises me